How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. Good to be with you again. If you're brand new, welcome. We're a bunch of guys that are trying to stumble our way to spiritual leadership. If that's you, if you're trying to figure out what it looks like to be the spiritual leader of your home and you could use some help with that, I highly recommend that you go to dadtired.com forward slash free book. We have a free ebook there for you, 10 practical ways to start pointing your family to Jesus immediately. Like as of today, you can start doing that. So again, that's totally free. Go to dadtired.com forward slash free book to get that free book to start pointing your family to Jesus immediately. Uh, Today, I have a great interview with Alex Kendrick, who has produced pretty much every amazing Christian movie that you've ever seen and know of, Courageous, Fireproof, Facing the Giants, all the other amazing movies that you can imagine uh, that you've seen. He's the heart and mind behind this, and so uh, he. What I felt like this interview was was just sitting down with a guy who's ahead of me in the game and ahead of uh, I know many of us who are listening. Those of young dads who've got young kids, uh, Alex just has raised children. He's raising children. He's a little bit ahead of us in the game, and it's like sitting down with kind of an older, wiser dad who's just going to point us to Jesus and give us some one theological good truths, but also some very, very practical stuff. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this interview today. Before we dive in, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring this episode. I've told you about Blinkist before. I absolutely love them. It's one of the most opened apps on my phone, one that I go to constantly. For us young dads and busy dads, it's hard for us to sit down and actually take the time to read or even listen to an audiobook. And so Blinkist takes all these thousands and thousands of nonfiction books and they condense them down to 15 minutes or less, something that you can either read or listen to. I listen to a few books every night before I go to bed. It's one of my favorite ways to enjoy Blinkist. There's, they've got thousands of nonfiction books, best-selling books. We actually have a couple authors who have been on the Dad Tired podcast who have books on Blinkist. Gary Chapman has his book, The Five Love Languages. Bob Goff has his book, Everyone, Everybody Always. And John Mark Comer has his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I've told you is one of my favorite books that has come out in the last year. You can listen to all those books on Blinkist um, and many, many more. They have tons of books that you can listen to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price right now. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, the Dad Tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash tired, T-I-R-E-D, to try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Again, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also receive 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com forward slash tired. That being said, let's dive into today's interview. Alex, so grateful you decided to hang out with us today, man. For the audience who may not be familiar with you, maybe tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. My name is Alex Kendrick. um, I'm a father of six children. My oldest is 21 and my youngest is 11. I have two boys and four girls. My wife, Christina, and I have been married 25 years, and um, and it's certainly been a journey. And <laughs> yeah. so um, as a job, I was full-time ministry. I'm an ordained minister, 
for uh, almost 20 years, and it was during that time that we began uh, doing Christian films, uh, Flywheel, Facing the Giants, Fireproof, those developed into a broader film ministry, which is what I do exclusively now. Uh, we do a movie, a book, and then we speak, those three things. Uh, more recently, we've done a Courageous, War Room, and Overcomer, and are now working on our seventh movie. So we are excited about that. It's been a wonderful journey, a difficult journey, but uh, I'm always happy to share anything that uh, we've learned along the way. Yeah, man. Well, I have so many questions about all those things, but I want to dive in first to uh, six kids is a big family in many regards. Uh, was that the plan? Did you always plan on having a big family? You know, we wanted four children from the start and uh, we prayed for uh, whatever the Lord would give us. I hoped for two boys and two girls, but uh, the Lord gave us two boys and four girls. And after the sixth child, uh, that last delivery was uh, difficult on Christina physically. She mm. had some uh, hurdles there. And so she um, said, Alex, number six may need to be the last one. Mm. And so for for those reasons, for her health, uh, we, um, we finished with six, but we love them and they have been a blessing. And of course, we've been through all the challenges of parenting, but uh, it's been good. Yeah, man. Six sounds wonderful. I, we have three. Um, I would, I'll just have as many as my wife will let me. So we're just going to, uh, we'll just do one at a time. And I'll just, I just keep telling her as many, as long as you want to keep going, I'm, I'm grateful to just keep seeing how many the Lord will give us. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the big family. I didn't grow up in a big family, but I've always been real envious of my friends who came from big families. They always seemed really awesome and close knit. And some of the best people I know came from big family. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, I, you said, you know, parenting has come with all the challenges. You've got 21, 21 or 22, you said as the oldest and then down to 11. What has been some of the big challenges? You're ahead of the game for me and many of our listeners. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced, uh, so far in your parenting? Well, first it's important that me and my wife are on the same page as far as what our goals are for parenting. We see our children as God's homework for us. Mm. Um, and we, we came to agree on what the overall target was for our kids. And that's, we want grown children who love and walk with God and live lives that honor him. And then who are passing their faith on to the next generation. Mm. So um, can I interrupt you for a second right there? Just cause yeah, that was yeah. so, that was so beautifully said. And it, and it sounded like something you've said many times before. Is that a very intentional, something that you've actually written down as a goal that you have been striving for as a parent? Um, I, I have written it down, but that's something that we have talked about so often Okay, into making sure our overall trajectory uh, that that we are walking the direction of, you know, helping them to love and walk with God themselves, not to have just our faith, but to have their own walk with God, right? And and to desire to honor Him with their life and then pass it on. So, um, so we're intentional in that regard. So that's the that's the thirty thousand foot view. And and as it's been, some wise person said this, but. You know, if you're not aiming at a target, you're you're not likely to hit it. Right. And so we want to make sure we have a target that we're aiming at. So we we want to help 
mold and nurture their hearts to desire a walk with God and to honor the Lord. And not, not just because we're their parents, you know, the secondary level is to honor the family that you're in and, and the, uh, the reputation that you have, but that's secondary to seeking and walking with the Lord. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the overall target. So with that in mind, that helps us get more specific with, um, what kinds of things are we going to do and not do uh, as a family or allow them to be a part of and to make sure that the the main thing is always the main thing. Right. That it sounds like you have incredible intentionality there. And uh, even the fact of recognizing, okay, we, we don't just want to like survive and then one day send our kids out and wish them the best, but we're actually moving towards a goal here as parents. Um, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you, were you raised, like, was your, did your dad teach you that? How did you learn how to be an intentional father like that? So my great grandfather was not a good man. Mm. And then he passed on his very, um, negative traits to my grandfather who got right with God late in his life. And so when my father was growing up, he never heard my grandfather tell him that he loved him, that he was proud of him. You know, my father felt like he was a burden. Mm. My grandfather was an alcoholic. Uh, he was, uh, he did uh, many things that, that you would, you know, put in the category of wrong or wicked. And so when my father was in college, which was about the time my grandfather got saved and right with God, when my grand, when my father was in college, he made the decision, Lord, I do not, I see the damage that this uh, chain of events has caused throughout my family line. I do not desire to, to be like this or to pass this on to my children. Would you help me? Mm. And it was a very simple prayer. But basically, uh, my father, uh, Larry Kendrick, gave his life and gave his goals over to the Lord. He did go into ministry for a season of his life. But when he married, he and my mom, talked about what kind of family they wanted to have, what kind of children they wanted to have. So they began the generation of intentional parenting. It didn't happen with my grandparents or great-grandparents. It happened with only my parents. And so growing up, I never saw drugs, alcohol, pornography, unfaithfulness, because my parents were very intentional about trying to honor the Lord. And it's hard to do. You know, there there are temptations there and all that. It's It's not a clean... Um, walk that you never get any mud on your shoes, but they were so intentional. And we saw my two brothers and I saw that sincerity. We saw them striving to honor the Lord, not to be legalistic, not just to be religious people, but striving to seek God's blessing. And you really can't seek anything more helpful in your life than the favor of God. Mm. So when we were growing up, I saw that sincerity and I wanted that same sincerity of faith in my life. So my wife, Christine, and I got even more intentional about what specifically can we learn from our parents and apply it to our parenting and our marriage. So we've been doing that for uh, you know, the last two and a half decades, and we've already challenged our kids, especially our older kids. We want you to do even better than us. We have learned some things from our parents and improved upon that, and we want you to do even better than us. And when we have that mentality uh, walking through marriage, walking through parenting. And, you know, we, we do regular family devotionals. Uh, we prioritize time as a family. It's not just for entertainment or passing the time. It's very intentional, but it's relaxed. 
Uh, our kids are now seeing that and they have their own walk with God. So they will get up in the morning and they'll, in their own way, uh, listen to praise music, uh, you know, crack open a devotional, the Bible, and they spend time in prayer and they have their own walk with God. That's not just because we tell them to. Mm. And those are the foundations for them having a lifelong walk with the Lord. Because man, you, you know, as well as I do, when you get out into the world, the world's influence, the world's pressures are uh, very tempting and they're, and sometimes they're hard to navigate. So you have to have an established walk with God and a place to find wisdom when you're walking through that. Hopefully you have a lot of wisdom, but if you don't, you need at least that source of wisdom. And so that's what we're trying to instill in our children. And, you know, it's a daily thing. It's been wonderful. It has been difficult, but I would both Christine and I would say we are tremendously blessed and um, and love the Lord and and when a, when a trial comes when a crisis comes or a disagreement comes we we have a better tools to work through it. Yeah, I think one of the things that's missing for a lot of of my peers in my generation is that intentionality of saying what do we want our family to look like five years from now, ten years from now, fifty years from now, a hundred years from now. Um, setting that goal and and being intentional, the fact that your dad made that decision and then you said, okay, what? how can we build off of that legacy? Um, and creating that goal of here's where we're trying to do, what, here's what we're trying to create as a family for generations. I think that's so beautiful. And then creating a plan, you know, to actually execute on that vision. I'd love to hear, like, what were some, uh, you, you talked about some of the devotionals that you said were intentional but relaxed. What were What were some of the I guess, rhythms that you put in place as a family to try to meet that goal of raising kids who love the Lord and then would raise eventually raise their kids to love the Lord? Yeah. So in 2010, I was making a movie called Courageous, and it was about fatherhood. And my brother, Stephen, and I wrote the script together, did a, a about six months worth of research, interviews, reading books, to start working on that. And making that movie was so convicting to me. Mm. I, I already had the desire that I wanted to be a good father. I wanted to be present in the lives of my children and to raise them in a Christian home. But I got a lot more specific that I realized, you know, you can say a lot of things, but your kids will take note of what you do over what you say. Yeah, And so I realized that there were some things that were not lining up with what I said. And I had the right intention, but uh, my kids saw, hey, dad loves to turn on ESPN for an hour or two at the time every night or prioritize sports a little too much or um, entertainment. Um, and so what we began doing, we stopped watching all episodic television in 2010. Wow. We do have a television in our home. We do watch news. We'll watch, you know, a sporting event now and then, or we'll watch the Olympics. We'll watch, you know, um, a, a biblical movie, things like that. And we do watch a family movie now and then. We also have this thing called Clear Play that will filter that will filter um, off, uh, you know, language, uh, immorality, things like that, out of movies when we want to watch, you know, the Avengers or something. Um, and our kids know what we're doing. We don't want to shelter them and put them in a bubble, but at the same time, um, we want to make sure that, um, that we don't inundate them with so much of the world and the world's entertainment that they are callous toward godliness, that they're, they're so used to hearing language, so used to 
to seeing immorality, that they're not sensitive to the things of the Lord. Mm. And so that was very important to us. And so every evening in our, um, every evening in our uh, family, when I'm not traveling, we will do a family devotional. And so what that looks like is like, even last night, we all got together on the couch and on the chairs in the living room. And what we'll do is we will share a, a piece of scripture or I'll go around the room and I'll just say, uh, Hey, Joshua is my oldest son and Anna, my oldest daughter. I'll say, Hey, tell me the most recent thing the Lord has taught you. Mm. And then they'll talk about the most recent thing the Lord's taught them. And, um, which are great questions because it makes them think it makes them uh, pour through their own relationship with God. And again, this is not a test. This is not like I'm the teacher and I'm giving you a grade. This is casual, comfortable, relaxed conversation in a relationship with my kids. And we'll do that for about an hour a night. So instead of watching, you know, a TV show, we'll spend time as a family. Now I want to be, I want to make something real specific here. Some people may be listening to this and thinking, man, that sounds so legalistic. It's not. It, we, we don't handle it that way. We say, hey, it's, it's nine o'clock or it's eight o'clock, whatever time we choose and say, hey, let's, let's hang out in the living room together. And we'll talk about everything. We'll talk about schoolwork and we'll talk about your sports team that you're on at school. We'll talk about even during this um, uh, coronavirus season, uh, what are you noticing? Um, well, we're trying to learn new skills and then we'll get into the devotional part. I'll read a passage or a chapter from scripture. We'll talk about it and I'll let the kids have lots of input. And, um, and so, and then we always end with prayer and, and it's specific prayer. We'll go around the room and whatever the Lord leads you to pray about in your heart, if it's a family in need, if it's a, it's, if it's us, if it's a decision we're going to make, we do that. And so it's a very comfortable, relaxed time, but it, it's helped my children to crave godliness, to crave deeper understanding of scripture mm. instead of prioritizing so much entertainment. So again, we do have a television. There are times we watch TV or movies, but it's more uh, specific. It's more uh, thoughtful. We, we have boundaries that we want to honor the Lord with. And again, I hate legalism. We don't do any of this legalistically. We just, we want healthy uh, boundaries that honor the Lord because we want his blessing on our family. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I know I'm getting a lot out of it. I want to take a minute just to thank our friends over at Yippie for sponsoring this episode. I actually had a chance to sit down this week with their CEO and have them tell us a little bit more about their service. Really trying to be a service that serves families in a new way, uh, you know, without kind of the algorithms and ads and maybe the attitudes of other platforms where this is a safe place that your family can use for streaming entertainment. You know, the, the idea is that you could give your device or let your kids watch this on the big screen TV. And you guys, you know, you as a dad or um, a family can do some things around the house and feel confident that whatever they're watching on Yippie is, you know, parent approved and it's, it's actually wholesome, good entertainment for these kids. As a dad, there's really two questions that I ask myself as I put a screen or show in front of my kids. The first one is, is this safe? Are they going to watch things or are things going to pop up that they shouldn't be seen at this age? And number two, is it actually entertaining? Is it good? Um, uh, my kids are picky and they won't watch everything. And so I want to make sure that one, it's safe, but two, it's also things that they're going to watch. It all goes through a parent approval process. So every piece of content that comes on the platform goes through that. And you know, we don't want to put stuff, you know, to be frank, we don't want to put stuff on, on UV that's kind of lame. We want it to be really 
um, entertaining that kids really love. And sometimes it's tough with faith-based content. So we've really tried hard to curate an amazing assortment of faith-based content, including brand new VeggieTales and all the VeggieTale classics, which is kind of like you know, the premium animation side. But then on the other side, we've just curated a, an amazing group of YouTubers and other folks who are doing really just wholesome um, entertainment, um, stuff that, you know, is educational, inspires imagination in kids. So, you know, parent approval process and uh, also just making sure it's incredibly fun. I'm always grateful to partner with companies like Yippie who believe in the Dad's Hired podcast and also help serve you guys really well. I'm always looking for great brands that do that. And I believe Yippie is definitely helping our families have better content that they could be watching. If you're interested in learning more or signing up for Yippie, you can go to dadtire.com forward slash Yippie. That's Y-I-P-P-E-E. Again, dadtire.com forward slash Yippie. Y-I-P-P-E-E. You can try it for seven days for free, but also when you sign up for a subscription and you use the promo code DADTIRED at checkout, they're actually going to give you 25% off your subscription for the first three months. Again, go to dadtired.com forward slash Yippie to get started today. I love the fact that you have been behind uh, the biggest Christian movies uh, that are out. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're really the mastermind behind all of the major movies that all of us know. Uh, and yet you just put talked about how you put media as such a very, very distant second to the things that actually matter in your home. Uh, I know that a lot of guys are going to listen to this and and probably not think like that sounds legalistic. There's I know a lot of our listeners are probably going to think that sounds beautiful. I can't even imagine trying to do that. I've got a six year old, an eight year old, and trying to sit down and have a conversation with my kids about God. One, I don't even know what to say or what to do or how to do that. Two, they'll probably be crazy and not be interested. Like, what would you say to that guy who maybe has younger kids who doesn't know? Uh, or maybe is intimidated by the thought of actually sitting down and leading that kind of conversation with his family. So that, that's where some of these questions come in. I, we love questions that spark conversations that help them grow spiritually. And so here, here's some of the questions that I like asking my kids. You know, I just mentioned the first one, what's the most recent thing you've learned about God or God has taught you? Because that could go any direction, but it's going to be centered around God. Yeah. And, and then I would do the same thing. This is the most recent thing the Lord's taught me or made me think about. Uh, another question would be, if you could ask the Lord Jesus to do anything in your life to help you grow, what would it be? Mm. And my kids are like, oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm not happy with the way I look. I would change the way I look. And then Max goes into a conversation or, or I, um, I'm scared about my future. I'm scared to be cut off my ball team. I'm, I'm scared to be you know, that my friend doesn't like me anymore or, you know, whatever it is, right. uh, would you, would you give me greater faith? Would you give me greater understanding, greater patience? And all of those lead to good things. So it's not like I'm putting up these very strict parameters on, Oh, you have to talk about this and this is only the right answer. You know, we have those conversations. Um, we, I'll, I'll say to my kids to help them build one another up. What's your favorite part of, uh, your favorite attribute of your sister's character? What's mm. your favorite what do you love about your brother that you would want to add to your own life? You know, just, just mm. those kind of questions that make them think, but, but what I'm doing with these questions, I'm steering them in a positive direction. I'm steering them in a direction of growth, but I'm not making it so specific that they can't still have a wide range of answers, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but what, what I'm trying to do is foster sincere faith. Mm. I want to help them 
develop a love and an appetite for thinking from a biblical worldview and trying to honor God with their attitude, with their gestures, things like that. Because if I can do that, then when they leave home, if they already have a growing, moldable heart to the Lord and they're seeking the Lord, then I have done my job as a father in large part. Not Now I can get specific about that, but I've done my job. I want to steer them to a walk with God. Yeah. Man, that is incredibly helpful. <laughs> uh, that little, those little uh, nuggets of wisdom that you just shared is, is going to be very, very helpful for a lot of guys listening. Uh, I have no doubt about that. I'm, I would love to hear more about how you got into creating movies. Was that something that you always dreamed of as a kid, um, or was it? You know, how, how did this whole thing begin? As a kid, we did not have a television for most of my childhood. We got one, I think, when I was uh, like 13, 14, hmm. about the time that. Now you're not going to remember this, but about the time the A Team and Dukes of Hazard and and uh, some of these movies were coming on television, yeah. Uh, so you know we watched um, <laughs> Little House on the Prairie, we watched Cosby Show, we yeah. watched you know a lot of these types of shows. Um, and so I, I remember watching the the movies we were allowed to see, and I thought, man, I've got to do this one day. And initially, you know, I want to be Han Solo. I want to I want to make Star Wars and these kind of films. And as I got older, um, my parents did do something very wise. They prayed for our hearts as one of their, you know, one of the aspects of parenting they learned, they began praying for our hearts that God would capture our hearts at an early age, which I would encourage any parent to do. Yeah. So when I was in high school and then my younger brother, Stephen was in high school, that's when we surrendered our life to the Lord and and said, God, whatever you want us to do, we want to do. So I wanted to make movies, but I wanted to make them for entertainment. And I was trying to figure out how can I make them as a Christian? Well, I I go through college, get my communications degree, and the Lord shifts my focus to ministry. And I wanted to go to film school and that didn't happen. I couldn't afford it anyway. So I said, well, Lord, if you want me to go into ministry, that's what I'll do. And I became a youth pastor, went to seminary, got ordained. And then after I went through that process, I could tell what the Lord was doing. He was equipping my heart with more biblical insight and a desire to walk with him so that he would marry that together with my desire to make movies. Mm. I do believe he put that desire in my heart. It just needed to be molded. Yeah. And so when I was in my 20s, uh, I got a job at a church. I was an associate pastor there, and I asked the senior pastor, can I make a long-form video uh, for the people in our community like it's a movie? And at first he thought that was a curious thing. He said, well, I've seen you do short videos before. Do you know how to make a long-form or a full-length movie? And I really didn't, um, but I was willing to dive in and try to figure it out. And so he said, okay, as long as it didn't hurt your normal obligations as a minister. So I, I shot our first movie, Flywheel, on long lunch breaks, evening wow. and weekends, like wow. all day Saturday, we were working on it. So well, I did that for about three months and it was way harder than I thought. And that was our first movie, Flywheel. We got it in one local theater, our local theater in our town. We had to use a video projector to, to show it. And I realized how hard it is to make movies. I did so many things wrong. I, I remember shooting one scene in an afternoon, uh, and we got halfway through the conversation, all the different angles, and we couldn't finish the scene because it got too dark outside. Yeah. So I said, well, well, we'll come back on Monday and we'll finish the scene. When we got back on Monday, one of our guys had gotten a haircut over the weekend. <laughs> right. 
you know, they, they didn't even bring the same clothes. I was like, this is, you know, this is not how you shoot a movie. So yeah. we fumbled our way through this. And when it came out, the only thing I did right was I prayed all the way through it. I mm. begged God to bless it, but we did so many things wrong. But when the movie came out, it took off like a rocket. We ended up selling 1.2 million DVDs of that wow. first movie. Wow. And the church went crazy. They were like, we've never, not only are we reaching people and a lot of people coming to faith, but it was also making the church money. You know, the movie did belong to the church. We were astonished at the, the how far reaching that film was. It ended up in 56 countries. Wow. And so we said, well, what do we do? And so we began praying about, Lord, is that the only one you wanted us to make or do you want us to make any more? And as we prayed, um, the Lord gave me this concept of faith over fear. And that became Facing the Giants. And again, we shot it with just church members. Mm. And uh, the quality was a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit better. And Sony picked it up and put it in a few theaters. It did twice what they thought it would do and sold a little over 5 million DVDs. Wow. Sony went crazy. They said, you got to make more of these. And uh, but so again, what we learned to do, we never rushed into any of them. We would take our time and, and spend a whole year praying before we did the next one. Wow. And so when we prayed and said, God, what direction do you want us to go? The third movie was uh, fireproof. He, he, we put it in the direction of marriage. The fourth one was courageous. That's fatherhood. The fifth one was war room. That's on prayer. And the sixth one is overcomer. That's on identity in Christ. And so that's the most recent one. And so we just did them one at a time, and my brother and I would write the scripts and direct and produce them. And um, it's been, you know, it's been quite the journey. Making movies is very difficult. You know, you have a ten thousand piece puzzle you're trying to put together, but and it takes a year, year and a half to do one. But the result, the people that have come to Christ that have said this movie's helped me so much. Uh, we were getting up to seven, 8,000 responses a day, phone calls, wow. email, wow. uh, text a day. We could not even read of everything. And so we are so grateful that the Lord trusted us to do this, but I would warn anybody that wants to do it. Don't do it. Cause you think it's going to be fun. It is very hard work. It is very fulfilling, but it is also very difficult. And it, it's, you know, to have, to have uh, your heart right, to be willing to die to yourself, to humble yourself before the Lord are necessary components to doing this where the Lord would bless it. I remember uh, when Fireproof came out, I being a very young, uh, skeptical, 20-something millennial, everyone was raving about it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to watch it. I, anything that's come out Christian, you know, entertainment-wise has just been real cheesy and terrible Everyone kept saying, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. So I, finally, I, my wife went to work. I had just gotten married. She went to work. We had no kids at the time and uh, by myself at home. And so I put on Fireproof and I went into it totally skeptical, man. Just like, you know, I'm not going to like this. And I don't remember at what point or what scene, but I just found myself weeping in the middle of the living room by myself in my early 20s. And I'm like, holy cow, this is really, really good. And, uh, you made a fan out of me pretty quickly. I've seen all of them now. I, you know, I've, I've seen all the movies now and recommend all of them now. Uh, you just do such a great job. You're putting out really, really great work that's really drawing a lot of people closer to Jesus and have helped a lot of people on their journey. So I'm grateful that you, uh, I know you've mentioned a few times how much hard work it is, but um, for those of us who are watching and being drawn closer to Jesus as a result, we're thankful for the hard work that you've put in, man. 
Well, I appreciate that. I, I have something to admit to you. I am exactly like you. When <laughs> other Christian movies were being made, they were all cheesy. I didn't respect them. Not not the message. The message was usually fine. It was yeah. usually a biblical message, but the context, the presentation was so cheesy, I couldn't stand it. So one of the things I told myself going into this is that nothing I do will ever be cheesy. Mm. And so when I started making the movies and I saw that, that it was, I mean, there, there is elements of cheese in my films and I don't like it, but it's there. And, <laughs> and, and so when I saw that, I got so discouraged and I realized, mm. man, it is so difficult to approach, especially issues of faith and to do it from such a believable, sincere perspective that people don't just write it off as cheesy. That is so hard. And, and, um, so it took me a long time to to start weeding those elements out. And man, it's harder than you think. And so to, I'm, I'm grateful that the movies have touched so many people, but I totally understand people being skeptical, saying, do we, do I want to support this movie? Because most Christian films are cheesy. Usually they are. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm trying to work on that and we, we still have a ways to go. And hopefully people that see the progression of our movies believe that they are getting better in their presentation, better in their quality. But man, that is that is something that I, I agree with you. We want well-made, well-presented movies that also are powerful to watch. And that's yeah. the end. Well, I, I think you're doing a wonderful job, man. I know a lot of people agree with that. You're doing such a wonderful job. And we're grateful that you're stepping into that area uh, and that you know realm and niche of just uh, helping point people to Jesus. I uh, there was a season in my life where I was uh, sign, here in Portland. We have the thing called extras only, where you could sign up, put a picture and a little profile bio, and they'll put you on commercials and little TV shows that they do here in Portland. And so I I was like every weekend. My listeners probably don't know this. I've never actually shared this, but <laughs> every weekend I was going out and just being an extra on TV shows, and it was the funnest experience I've ever had. You get paid like a hundred bucks, and you're just like stay in the background and drink water and don't try, try not to mess things up and look into directly <laughs> into the camera. You know <laughs> that was my role, but uh, it was a f- fun little experience. So I say all that. So if you ever need a water boy or extra on set, please call me. I want to be uh, I want I want to be part of these. I got a lot of experience under my belt. <laughs> Very good. That's great. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you, man. I'm, I'm grateful that you took the time. I know you're busy, but uh, any last words that you'd give to just the, the tired dad who is trying his best to stay engaged as a spiritual leader of his home and is stumbling his way forward toward that goal? Any last words for that guy? Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I, I want to throw, can I throw five quick things that I've shared with a lot of other dads? Please, yeah, please. Um, just the five quick nuggets uh, I've talked about already. Number one, uh, you want, you want your kids to have a sincere faith, not, not just to be religious, not to be legalistic. You want them to have a sincere faith. So that that's number one. If we can demonstrate that as dads, that we're trying our best, I mean, none of us are perfect, but if your kids see that you're trying to have a sincere faith in the Lord, that goes a long way. Secondly, I encourage you to have a prayer strategy. Uh, to pray specifically for each of your children. What kinds of um, things do you want God to do in their life? And even if it's as simple as God capture their heart, Mm. I just capture their heart where they want you. They want to walk with you. They want to honor you with their life. Even if it's that simple, you need to have something of a prayer strategy. I'm amazed that we have, we have medical strategies. We have uh, strategies for insurance. We have strategies for our money. We have strategies for our kids' education. But we don't have much of a prayer strategy in general, and I would encourage people to to have a prayer strategy. Um, the third thing I like to tell fathers is aim for your kid's heart. If you have your kid's heart, they'll listen to you. Mm. You know, people 
tend to embrace the beliefs of those they believe love them the most. So if your kids, when they're teenagers, think their friends love them the most, they'll listen to them more than you. But if they know that you love them the most, if they know as a parent, as a father, as a mom, that you love them the most, then they will listen to you. Um, that's the third thing. Aim for their heart. Um, and you can do that through your, you know, giving them attention, affirmation, affection. You want to do those things. The fourth thing is you do need um, boundaries. You do need to set up with your kids. This is why we are going to do these things and not these things, because our desire is to honor the Lord, uh, to set up boundaries that you and your kids know exist and that the dad needs to abide by those boundaries, too. If you say we're not going to watch movies that take the Lord's name in vain, you don't need to do it either. You know, your kids need to see that sincere faith. And mm-hmm. then and, and lastly, you don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to treat their mother terribly while telling them to treat each other gently and patiently. Mm. You know, you want to, you want to live what you say. So those five things. So again, just real quick, sincere faith. You want to demonstrate that to have a strategy, a prayer strategy is a second. Thirdly, you want to aim for their heart. You want to make sure you have their heart. Cause if you do, they'll listen to you. Fourth, you want to have good boundaries and, and five, you want to keep hypocrisy out. If you do just those five things, you are already headed in a great direction with your kids. And so those are just simple things I share with other dads that talk to me. Um, But again, it is a journey. You're never going to be a perfect parent, but you certainly can be a good one. And, uh, and if you would trust the Lord to walk with you through that journey, it will go better. So that's, that's kind of the nutshell of my, my, uh, wisdom for parenting. Jeez. Well, that's good stuff, man. Thank you. That is going to be, that's really helpful for me as a young dad. I know it's going to be helpful for a lot of guys listening. Thank you, Alex. This was such, such a good interview. And, uh, I so appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jared. God bless you. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Hope that was helpful for you. If it was, there's two ways that you could be helpful to us as a ministry. Uh, Number one, just leave us a rating. We always appreciate that and it helps us get in front of more people. And number two, share this with a friend. If you know a tired dad that could use some encouragement, make sure you hit the share button and send this over to him. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. See you.